Hey guys, welcome to Life in Perspective. It's season three and we are talking defining moments. And if you've been here before, you already know I have brought my friends to the party. And this week I got my big bro, Jeff Osborne, (laughs) Mr. God Morning himself. (laughs) I am so happy to have you here, bro. It's, I, it is an honor. So, y'all, I met Jeff uh, working at Centerpoint Church in uh, Marietta, California. Uh, Jeff came to preach, shut the house down. And then I heard so much of his amazing testimony about what God has done in his life. And we just been we just been locked in since then. Like, he is family. Yeah. All right, so... This season, we are talking about defining moments and just those are the moments. They don't feel the best. We don't like to endure them, but we cannot deny how they have played a part in us becoming who we are today. And so when you hear that, what comes to mind? Dang it. You know, watching all of the different uh, episodes, (laughs) I think I came in, I was kind of geeked to see... uh, to see B and 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 to be able to see Cam, Brian and Kim, because they mess their message wrecked me. Like <laughs> my man said the mark when his father said the mark of a good man is how well he hears the voice of God. Man. I, I could have I almost threw my phone in the kitchen. My wife was like, yo, what's wrong with you? But um watching, watching everything, I was trying to prepare for this moment. And if I had to say a defining moment for me, the moment that my life completely changed was when I broke the disease to please. Mm. Yeah. The moment that my life began to change and shift was the moment that I recognized that even though I was traveling all over the place and Mm -hmm. preaching at conferences all over the world and coaching different people, I didn't realize that I was a high capacity leader who suffered from people pleasing. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in in the midst of all of that, um, I began to really just ask, where are the the places of my life Mm -hmm. where people pleasing robbed me from authentically being who God called me to be? Yeah. Like in my space, in my realm. And so always having this love for business, mm-hmm. having been in business first. And then God was like, yo, I want you to be a pastor. And I yelled at him. I said, no. <laughs> you know, me too. You know How did that work out for you? <laughs> yeah, you know, because nah. I be yelling too. Like, bro, who asked you right. to do this? Right. <laughs> one, who gives you the right to interfere with my life? Right. I'm I was to good. Go, I was good. Million percent. Yeah. So it was that moment. He said, I want you to be a pastor. I said, no. Mm-hmm. I said, I got tattoos all over my body. Yeah. I hate politics. Like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then when he took me to the whooping shed and we kind of went toe-to-toe in there, mm-hmm. there's a moment I just said yes. And I didn't know what that meant, but I just said yes. Yeah. And shortly after, it kind of took us on that journey of us being lead pastors, executive pastors. Then we were dream team pastors. And then all through this place of me trying to be everything else that everybody told me I should be yeah. because I was too afraid to be authentically who I am. Mm. Do you feel like the need to please people um, exist because sometimes we feel unworthy of what God has presented us? So then it's, is it kind of like, I got to make sure everybody is satisfied yeah. to ensure that I'm doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. I think the reason why we people please is because we've made man bigger than we've made God. <sighs> when we people please, it's because... We care more about the value and the opinion that man gives us rather than us being in complete obedience to who God has created us to be. Mm. Um, In other words, it's people idolatry. 
That's what it is. I mean, if we're going to get down to the brass tacks of it, you know what I'm saying? It's idols. It's an idol, idols. right? So yeah. an idol tells you how you're supposed to walk, how you're supposed to talk, how you're supposed mm. to, you know, how you're supposed to bow, when you're supposed to bow. And I think what we've done is we've made people bigger than we've made God. And there's only one reason why we do that mm. is because they become our source and God doesn't. Mm. Right? So anytime we people please, it's because we tell ourselves that this person has something that I need or wow. that I want. Mm -hmm. And because they're dangling this carrot, we go into this realm of, I got to be whatever they need me to be yeah. so I can get love, so I can get acceptance, so I can get this deal, so that I can get you know, get, get notoriety mm -hmm. or so I can get that platform and preach. So let me be everything that they want me to be mm -hmm. rather than who God has called me to be. And so I think it comes from a place of longing. It comes from a place of you misplacing who your source comes from for whatever you want to do yeah. in your life. No, that's so real because I feel like a, a game-changing moment for me yeah. was when I stopped entering spaces wanting them to validate me. Girl, you better say that. I would go into a space, and because I didn't feel worthy of being in the space, I was waiting on the space to tell me I belong there. Uh. And the moment I said, no, that ain't how this goes. If God has opened a door, if God has allowed me into this space, this mm -hmm. space actually has a need of what's on the inside of me. Hello. And so when I settled in, no, I'm not even going in this room for me. Mm -hmm. I'm sent here. Mm -hmm. So that means there's already a mission. There's already an assignment. There's always some intention to this moment. Mm -hmm. And I don't need anybody in this room to tell me I belong here. I'm, but the fact that I'm here mm -hmm. proves that. And that is so, I love that you said that because that changed the game for me. It changed right. how I applied to jobs. Right. It changed how I accepted things. It and it, it made sure that when I went in the room, I I was able to do what God sent me there to do, no matter how it made anybody feel. Right. Right. Because I really feel like we cannot in our totality be used by God mm -hmm. if we are worried about offending somebody in the room or making them feel a certain way. And God says, say this. Mm -hmm. And we're like, but God. Right, right. <laughs> I right. don't know how they're going to take that. <laughs> right, 100%. And then it's like, but if I recognize that I'm there to please him and not them, it's like, cool. However you take this, you got to take that up with him because I'm just doing what he told me to do. Right, right. I think one of the biggest things, I love how you said that because you can't be a people lover and a people pleaser at the same nope. time. Because if I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Hello. You feel me? So what ends up happening in relationships is we think that we're saving relationships mm -hmm. when, we're, when we're trying to appease everything around them and when we don't say what we really mean or what we really think. Yeah. And without you knowing it, you're actually uh, creating a toxic relationship where they don't even get the real authentic you. Yeah. And this is the problem for most of us when we walk around in relationships and business deals. I learned this the hard way, <laughs> losing over half a million dollars in one business deal because... I thought that I needed to be a certain way in this in this business deal for yeah. it to close down, right? And so I talked a certain way, I acted a certain <laughs> way, right? You start acting proper, you start changing yep. things around, being everything but who you actually are. For sure. And in all actuality, when I had really, if I would have just been myself, that relationship would have clicked the way that it mm -hmm. clicked. That it was supposed to. It, it wouldn't have done it because... I would have realized that we're two completely different people mm -hmm. and that it wasn't going to work. But because I was walking around with a fake ID, fake ID, come on now, you already know. Like, <laughs> we ain't going to act like we were safe, safe the whole time. Your boy was out there wilding. You had fake IDs to get you into clubs in areas that you had no business being in. And when you carry that fake ID, you start meeting people that you weren't supposed mm -hmm. to meet in the first place. Now you caught up in relationships that you had no business. Being you feel a part me? Of. And so now you're finding yourself in relationships and business deals that God never wanted you in because you were walking around with a fake ID. Oof. And I think that's how we are with life and business relationships. 
if we would begin to be authentically who we are, and I tell people in relationships all the time, if you really want to know if you're supposed to be with that person, people say, well, look, I'm not going to give them too much of me right now. I'm going to wait a little bit and I'm going to drip a little bit here <laughs> You know, look, we got ease. We got to ease you into it. <laughs> and then a year in, you feeling free to be just you. They say, who is this? Right. Right. 100%. Where did you come from? <laughs> who is this? Who, who's been on the phone? Who have been talking mm -hmm. to? And you realize that if you would have just given yourself from the beginning, mm -hmm. you would have realized, okay, this person ain't for me or, yeah. you know, or, or they are for me. Yeah. And so I just think that me defining that moment for me was different because when you suffer from the disease to please, or you're a people pleaser, you can be a high capacity people pleaser. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the CEOs that I coach now, uh, they, they're driven from the disease to please. For they're not sure. driven from a place of vision, but they're driven from a place of proving somebody, yeah. you know, wrong. You're from a place of hurt mm -hmm. instead of a place of vision. And so I think that when people understand uh, who they are and who they've been authentic, when I say authentic, I mean authentically mm -hmm. who you've been created to be. It protects you from hurt, but it also allows you to be where you are. And we oftentimes, when we suffer from the disease to please, we think that we're just a nice person. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to hurt them. Yeah, 100%. I don't, I don't know how they're going to take this. I know I, I get that because I, I'm usually one who just says, <laughs> I'm like, no, this ain't that. Mm -hmm. But I find myself with some people that I don't, haven't built as much of a relationship. I'll kind of like scale it back. Right. But then there's this part of me that feels like I'm doing them a disservice because I'm not being completely honest with them. Mm -hmm. And so what are some practical steps that people can take to be delivered from this disease? Because it, it is pretty rampant. Oh, yeah, and a lot huge. of us don't want to acknowledge that we people please. And maybe it's not on the level in which we're talking about, mm -hmm. right? But maybe it's like you really need to stop living the way your parents want you to live because right. you know it's contrary to right. your walk with Christ. Right. Or maybe this person is forcing you to do things in this relationship that don't align with how you've decided to live, but mm -hmm. you're doing it because you want to please right. them. What are some practical steps that people can take that says, hey, how do I learn to not just choose me, but choose God's will for me yeah. over my uh, my desire to want to please people. See, now you're getting into that oily subject. Bro. <laughs> you're getting oily with it. I think the, the first thing that we do when we suffer from the disease to please, when people do, they ask the question, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Why do I keep doing this? What's wrong with me? But if we would just shift the, the, the question and ask the question, what happened to me? Mm -hmm. There's always something that happened in your life yeah. that triggered that disease to please. There was something that happened at a young age that caused you to believe that if I just go along, then I'm going to be safe. A lot of that is based out of trauma. Mm -hmm. When you're in a traumatic situation, you're told if I'm not seen, if I'm not heard, I'm just quiet and go along, then I can avoid the pain mm -hmm. and I can be safe. In all actuality, that's one of the things that that even drove me from my childhood growing up and then eventually getting involved with gangs and then the disease to please led me to hang out with people that I wasn't supposed to. And then mm -hmm. it led me to 16 years to life in prison for six armed robberies and attempted murder. And so when you ask the question, man, Jeff, what did you do? The first thing I had to recognize is that there was trauma in my life mm -hmm. that I had to do the deep work. And I think that was one of the episodes, um, I think Kim even mentioned it, where she talked about, yo, when you start doing that deep work yeah. in yourself, mm -hmm. it changes the game. And so the first thing I would say is the first step is to do that deep work and ask the question, what happened to mm -hmm. me? What happened in my life? What happened in my life? Uh, time or in a situation that had me say, okay, look, if I don't say what I want and I just go along with everybody else, then I'm going to be happy. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say is, is I mentioned it earlier is recognize who your source is. Yeah. 
I was so afraid to be who I was because I was business, I was church, and there wasn't really this avenue <laughs> to be in this place. Yeah. And so I like to call myself an entrepastor, right? Where mm-hmm. I'm entrepreneurial because of the different businesses that I have, but I'm still a pastor and I still love to preach that. And so it was me really coming to that place of recognizing God at the end of the day, everything that you have for me and my family mm-hmm. is going to come from you. Yeah. And that's why when God is your source, then you're able to recognize that man is a resource. That mm-hmm. means they're only redistributing what God's what God, hello? Given. So good. So the second part of that would be to be able to understand that God is your source. And when you do that, you free yourself from being in the hands of man because you understand that what's for me is for me mm-hmm. and nobody can take that yeah. from me. And then lastly, if you ask me like what really helps break out of out of that, it's understanding that you're not selfish for putting yourself first. Mm-hmm. And I think like that is the biggest. That is. Right? Oh, it is because you feel that way 100%. sometimes. You feel like, especially if you are a servant, mm-hmm. I feel like at heart, mm-hmm. it's like, nah, I got to do this for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I got to stick it out. Mm-hmm. I got to I gotta keep it in. Right. I got to hold it together because... And it's true, though, but if I don't start choosing me, I'm not going to be able to show up for other people Never. how I really need to. I was I was reading a book by Watchman Nee, and he says something wrecked Oh, he's my, fired. No, says it wrecked <laughs> my life. He said, it's not what you do that's the problem. It's the source of where you're doing it from mm-hmm. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's not me serving that's the problem. Yeah. It's the source from where I'm serving. So if I'm serving from a place of a servant, it's hard to say, yo, I'm just serving because this is what God has called me to do. I'm serving because this is who I am. That's one thing. But if I'm serving out of fear of displeasing somebody else, now what you're doing is not the problem. It's where you're doing it from that's the problem. And so when we're analyzing why we're saying yes to these events, why am I taking on these clients? Mm -hmm. Why am I saying yes to doing X, Y, and Z even when I don't want to? Mm -hmm. The question we have to ask ourselves is where is the source coming from? Mm -hmm. Is that coming from a place of, yeah, I just want to serve? Or is it coming from a place of fear of of their disapproval of me? Um, of of an emotional, they call it, did you know what some call emotophobia? No. Emotophobia, trip on this. <laughs> emotophobia is the phobia of getting a negative emotional response from somebody else because you said no. Like, I had to do a test with my, <laughs> no, for real, I had no, to do that's- a test. No, I, I never heard of that, but that makes sense. It is because, no, I had to do this test because whenever I would imagine me saying no. Or when I knew I had to have a confrontational situation, yeah. my breathing would get kind of shallow. I would <laughs> say your boy had to like, you know, move around and kind of help hype myself up just to be able to fight for myself and say, no, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I think that when we get into this place, not only, not only that, but I think, uh, you know, Sarah Jakes just preached on, mm-hmm. on that sermon where, where she took her weave off and mm-hmm. she started talking about you got to be locked in yeah. with your body. What we don't understand in, in science is something called psychoneuroimmunology. Mm-hmm. Psychoneuroimmunology. <laughs> and all that is is it means that the longer I stay out of alignment of who I'm called to be, my body physically begins to break down. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that's actual science. Yeah. And so that's no reason why we're dealing with more cancer than ever before, depression and anxiety. I think more of us 
would be free and delivered from depression and anxiety when we ask the question, am I living the life that God has for me? Or, or am I living the life that somebody else wants for me? It's so good, bro. It is. It's so good. That is so true. We, we talked about that on an earlier episode that how we can take on all these things and come into agreement with them and literally our physical bodies are right. rejecting it. Right. It's like, no, this is not it. Right. This is not it. No, it's so good. Okay, I have one last question for you. What has your relationship with Jesus taught you about yourself? I love that question. The first thing that I learned in my walk with the Lord and even when Jesus came into my life is that I was already affirmed and confirmed by him before anybody else did it. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that and I realized that as I'm looking at my life, Jesus was so dope in Matthew. I think it was Matthew 14. The, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, yo, like we know that you're no respecter of man. Like we know you don't pay attention to names mm -hmm. and you speak what you need to speak. And then they begin to ask him his question. It was this aha moment for me that Jesus, just because, just because I'm not a people pleaser doesn't mean that I'm not a people lover. Just because yeah. I don't go along with everything you want me to do doesn't mean that I'm wrong because mm -hmm. sometimes everybody wants you to go along with what they what they think the masses mm -hmm. want you to go along with that. But when you already know that you're confirmed and affirmed by Jesus, then, you know, I get to walk in my style. I, I get to walk how I walk, talk how I walk, do what I do. And when Jesus came on the scene, just because you're shaking up the scene, yeah. just because you're shaking up the room doesn't mean you're in the wrong room. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you don't belong in the room. Yeah. And so when I looked at the life of Jesus, I realized that just because people are uncomfortable with my Godfidence, just because people are uncomfortable with the way that I flow and the way that I do it, I had to look at the life of Jesus to say, Jesus, were they uncomfortable when you walked in a room? Mm -hmm. Were they upset because you didn't go along with the rules and the regulations of everybody else? What does that look like? And so when when I saw that, and then I coupled that with uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, mm -hmm. when he talked about what when Jesus came and he said, repent. That word repent doesn't mean to just turn from your sins. That's called remorse. Yeah. When he said repent, that word repent means to change your thinking. Yeah. Then the next phrase was for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm -hmm. In other words, he says you have to change the way that you're thinking because how you're thinking doesn't operate in the kingdom of mm -hmm. God. And so when I look at the life of Jesus and I look at me being authentically who I am, I'm okay with thinking a little bit different as long as I'm in alignment, alignment with, with God's kingdom. word That's and so with the good. kingdom. And that gives you the freedom to move about life the way that God wants you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So good, bro. All right. You got to pray for the people who are struggling with people pleasing because it yeah. is rampant yeah. <laughs> in our world. And just, you know, pray into that um, for people to be able to embrace who God created them mm -hmm. to be and know that they are enough. Like yeah. they're enough. 100%. Let's do it. Father, I thank you in this moment. I thank you for every single eyeball that is on the other side of this camera. We thank you, God, for such a time as this. You have called them to be drawn to this podcast, for life and perspective to be seen in this way. And so right now I come against the thought and every desire 
to have the disease to please. Father, I break off anything that has been assigned over their life that would derail their future and that they would know that you have already called them, that you have already affirmed them, that they would know, God, that even where they are right now, just because somebody else is uncomfortable doesn't mean they're in the wrong. Just because somebody else doesn't agree with it doesn't mean they're not operating in who you called them to be. Let them realize that you are the source of every good gift that will ever come from their life. And before anybody else ever called them conceited or called them selfish, you had already called them from the womb like Jeremiah 1.5 declares. And so I thank you for greatness. Yeah. I thank you that they're getting surrounded by people that would edify and build up who you've created them to be and that they would not rely on man to be to give them permission to live, but they would look to your word, Jesus. They would look to your life to know that you have already confirmed them and affirmed them, and they're free to move about life the way you've called them to live, authentically living a life that is loud, large, and loved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, so good. Guys, I hope that something was said today to help put your life in perspective. What I need you to do right now uh-huh. <laughs> man, guys, I hope that something today was said to help put your life in perspective. What I need you to do right now is go tap in with my bro, Jeff. Where can they find you at? Yeah, you guys can reach me, connect with me on my Instagram at Jeff T. Osborne, J-E-F-F-T as in Tom, O-S-B-O-R-N-E. That's my Instagram. That's my social media or JeffTOsborne.com. Like with your boy. Come on. get. I'm telling y'all. Y'all gonna lock in with him. He's gonna make sure you have a God morning. Hello. I promise you. Now what I need you to do is like, share, and subscribe to the channel. You already know we are back every single week. This is Life in Perspective. We out.